0: with another NBA pod. We're gonna do the Western side of things. Johnny, you want to give the intro?
1: Yeah. So about the same as last week, what we did with the Eastern Conference. We've got the over/unders here, courtesy of um, Caesar's Sportsbook, which I just figure that one's the most reputable. I should have said that for last time, but that's where we're getting the odds from. is from Caesar's. So just to get that out of the way. So yeah, we're gonna go through, give our predictions for each team, team's win total at the end of the year, whether or not we think they're going to exceed the um, projection that Vegas has for them and just kind of give a brief explanation of what we think will be some important things to look out for for each team. So I guess we should start as we often do with our predicted number one team in the conference. And I think that might be different for me and Shannon. it (laughs) It might be different for all of us, but Shannon, do you want to lead us off with your number one team? No.
2: Someone else. I need on. to
1: think about it. All i right, we'll pass it over it? to our certified warrior boy, Callan.
0: I'm going to go Phoenix Suns, number one oh. seed. Interesting.
1: Yes. All right. And how many games are the Suns going to win? If I'll you just him. the ballpark,
0: they're going to go 53 wins there. Well, yeah. actually, wow. Okay, no, that that's about right. So is anybody what was the highest over under the highest over under was like 55 for the nets right
1: yeah they're all pretty packed in this year and they didn't give a high one total to anybody really yeah in the west yeah in the west i think it's the jazz and the suns at 51 and a half so wow i mean i think inevitably someone's gonna win like 55 or 56 games yeah. at least they just don't know who that is so give me suns 56 games dude 56 wow what do you like about the suns this year
0: I don't know, man. Just, it is what it is. Yeah, I, just, I agree. The Bucks are just so hard. To, I mean, the Suns are just so hard to beat.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. They brought back a similar roster to last year, which I think is very well balanced because you've got the two guards and Chris Paul and Devin Booker who kind of ensure your offense will be on the right track. And then DeAndre Aiden, who is a very good pick and roll center, but also anchors the defense. And um, what I liked about their offseason this year is they brought in Javel Mickey as the backup center because obviously Saric is going to be out the whole season. So having 48 minutes of that room protection and um, JaVale McGee, who honestly is one of the best pick and roll lob threats in the league. He should pair very nicely with um, Devin Booker and Chris Ball. And then just so much depth on this team too, because you've got Cam Johnson, Mikhail Bridges, Jake Carter, Abdel Nader at the wing. They brought in Landry Sam. They should be pretty much resilient to injuries.
0: You got the best center in the game.
1: Yeah, I think Aiden's the only one who they wouldn't really be able to withstand a injury to this yeah. season. Just a very balanced roster. Uh, they were successful last year, and I think they can roll that over this year. I've got him winning fifty two games.
0: Yeah, Cam. That Cam jo- is it? Cam Johnson. He's good.
1: Yeah, very solid. I'm gonna give him fifty one. Yeah, that's fair. All
0: right.
1: I think is, they. Is were... that your
0: one C, Channing?
1: No. I think they did benefit last year just from being one of the healthiest teams in the NBA. So I think it might be slightly unfair to like expect them to just go out and win the Western conference again, even though I do think they have as good a chance as anybody else of doing that. I, I don't think they should be considered the favorites this year by any stretch, but they're just a very solid team. I think low fifties, even to mid fifties is a very reasonable estimate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess all throw out my one seed i've i've got the jazz again um
2: that's what i was gonna say dang i should have said mine so i didn't seem like um
1: yeah me and Shannon were kind of like i think we had a very good read on the jazz last year because i think we both really liked them as a regular season team but kind of um saw in advance their playoff shortcomings and i mean losing four consecutive games to a clippers team without Kawhi leonard is just totally unacceptable and i don't really think the jazz (laughs) are going to have much more success this year in the playoffs. But I mean, they're just such a dangerous regular season team because between like Bogdanovich, Mitchell, Conley, Ingles, Clarkson, just so many guys who can pass dribble, shoot and play make at their respective positions. And they move the ball so well, obviously lead the league in passes, lead the league in assists. That's just such a hard offense to slow down because they can exploit any like defensive mistake. And on like any given night against like an average NBA defense, there are going to be plenty of mistakes to exploit. So they just can can kind of prey on every team that like isn't completely locked in on defense, which is just so lethal. And then Rudy Gobert pretty much ensures that they're going to have in top five defense, which that is a tremendous floor is during the regular season. And so the Jazz, they've kind of just got it down to a science at this point. They just are going to be able to pile up regular season wins again. I think um, my main concern for them is with such like a multi-pronged attack, um, when you rely on having such a balanced offense with um, like so many different players who can like attack mismatches or just attack a crease in the defense, it becomes like more of an issue when individual prongs get dulled just because you rely on that balance. So as Bogdanovich and Ingles both get older and, um, maybe start to move out of their primes. I wonder if that will slow down the Jazz, but I don't think that will be too big of an issue this year. And during the playoffs, I think we really saw Donovan Mitchell move up to even a potentially higher level. So I'll be curious to see um, how he plays this year because I think it's um, reasonable to expect him to take yet another step forward, which I think that probably has more postseason implications than regular season, but just something to look out for. But yeah, Jazz are my pick for the one seed and Shannon as well
2: yeah Um, basically everything you said man they're just built for the regular season unfortunately nothing beyond that but
0: yeah of an MVP,
2: they're a step ahead of everyone in the regular season it seems like yeah i mean it might be uh no i feel like it'll be the same this year i feel like last year that it was like all the other teams seem to be more shaken up just with like the short off season everything like that and they seem to just be on it from the get but um I still think they'll be, and I
1: um, I don't think the Jazz but... will be quite as dominant as they were last year because last year they were on pace for like a sixty-win season in eighty-two games, and this year I've only got them at fifty-four. So, I yeah, they did have pretty good injury luck until Conley and Mitchell got a little banged up towards the end of the regular season, but yeah, slightly less dominant than they were last season. But do you guys have a win projection for Utah?
2: I'm gonna say fifty-three. 50 all right
0: oh under that's a red one right there
1: i think there will be maybe a particular team who people are surprised hasn't been mentioned yet it's a team that i think people are expecting to run away with the western conference um do you guys want to talk about the lakers next
0: sure wow la lakers baby
1: Oh, are they the highest? They have the highest over under in the Western Conference. Yeah, they're they're higher than Utah or Phoenix. Lock me in for a That's forty-five some right there.
2: They're gonna yeah. have like half their roster resting every other game.
1: Yeah, because when you think about their big three—LeBron, Ross, and AD—I guess if you could call them the big three—all three of them like dealt with major injuries throughout last season, and so they yeah. will be trying to load manage. I, would, I, th- I feel like
2: Westbrook could probably take the most games out of those three, but
1: mm-hmm. um, we'll see. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, I think they'll have a really good defense again just because all the size they've accumulated in the front court and like Anthony Davis, uh, Dwight Howard's back is a great dif- rim protector in his own right. They added DeAndre Jordan who I'm a little bit less sure about him. Uh, probably would have just rather kept Gasol. Oh, I, I forgot that. about that bringing in DeAndre Jordan but I don't think that'll hurt them too much and then obviously having LeBron is kind of that free safety power forward on defense is uh, a huge asset as well especially when he's locked in they lost a lot of defense at the guard spot though I mean KCP and Caruso you'd have to say they were probably their two best perimeter defenders and replace and Wesley Matthews for that matter they haven't officially brought him back yet I don't know what's going to Happen with with Wesley Matthews, but I do think their perimeter defense is a lot worse, especially bringing in Russell Westbrook, who's a bit of a liability in that regard. But um, yeah, ultimately, I think the Lakers will be pretty successful during the regular season. I have more concerns about them in the playoffs. I think just because of the way the roster is built, but there are just very few teams who have an answer for a guy like LeBron James or like even Russell Westbrook for that matter. Although Westbrook has I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't give Westbrook that much credit. I mean, when he's pl- when he's playing his best, like he's obviously hard to stop, but I, that doesn't happen very often anymore. And then Anthony Davis and Dwight Howard, just kind of that um, the twin towers in the front court. Um, they'll have, like I said, a top five defense again. And I like the shooting they added on this team as well. Whether it's like Kendrick Nunn, Malik Monk, they brought in um, Wayne Ellen. Oh, I forgot about it, yeah. Trevor Ariza can shoot the ball adequately. He's he's still a decent three and D guy at this point in his career, but I don't know. It's they're a hard team to predict. Like um, like Channon was saying, you don't really know how seriously they'll be taking the regular season. Um, I'm gonna pick them to win fifty games though.
2: Okay. Damn. Um yeah like you just said it's so hard to predict them because we don't know what to expect from like minutes and just like level of effort i'm gonna say
1: 48 i will say that i'm more optimistic about them as a regular season team than a postseason team which is kind of counterintuitive given like the age and injury like proneness of their roster you would think they'd be focusing more of their um like stamina into the postseason which i think they will be but i think there are just so many awkward fits on the roster that will be more easily exploited in a playoff setting but i think they'll um it's, facts. Like, it's kind of like lakers, the jazz situation like, yeah the lakers will be able to beat up on like the bottom of the barrel teams like it's not like the timberwolves are going to be able to come into town and like slow down like russell westbrook and lebron team. so i think the lakers are going to be the kind of team that really feasts on the lower level competition and then um Will be at least competitive against some of the upper-tier teams in the West, but unless you yeah. guys have anything else to say on the Lakers, maybe we can move on to. Um, they're gonna
0: have a hot start and taper off, and they're gonna get knocked out in the first round of the playoffs. All right, because they're gonna end up running into by
1: the Golden State Warriors. Warriors. <laughs> I mean, I I guess when you start out, I guess when your first game's against the Warriors, that kind of locks in the hot start part, right? Yeah. Oh shit. Clay drops
0: 50 points on your ass. When is
1: that? Clay's not gonna be back in the first game. He's he's gonna be out for a while. Clay? Yeah. Really? He's not coming back till at least Christmas.
0: Christmas time, dude. He's not oh my god. Really?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Holy baby.
1: When's the first game?
0: I just assumed he'd be healthy
1: uh yeah he's 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 gonna miss like the first third of the season because their first games on october 19th and so he's oh gonna that's be out soon the first yeah wow. all right uh kellen and we were the jazz your number two team Kellen oh,
2: man
0: sure yeah
1: he's your number three in that case
0: oh yeah go scroll up a little bit
1: to the warriors oh yeah <laughs> Right. Oh, well, yeah. oh! we get into the Warriors? I want to do. Damn. Little, I want to do a little. Damn, update. they get the Warriors. For yeah, last year, Kellen predicted the Warriors to go fifty-five and seventeen. Uh, what did
0: they actually they, do? They,
1: they barely... went thirty-nine and thirty-three, and so oh, Not uh, far off. Pretty, like pretty good. Miscalculation. By
0: hey, law. didn't they win? They won like their last. Eight or nine out of ten, or something, on that one stretch there. They well, they won, they had like a hot streak, and then they beat Memphis
1: once and they had to play Memphis in
0: the playing game, then lost.
1: I know that's kind of one of the things I we
0: lost the Lakers, too.
1: Wanted to talk about is that, yeah, once James Wiseman left the rotation, that's when the things really started humming for the Warriors, (laughs) but they will. Be set back in the sense that James Wiseman will be unhealthy um, again to start the season, <laughs> but I do think that this year the Warriors might focus a little bit more on winning games, which probably means that Kevon Looney will be the starter at the center position. Would that be your projection, Cal?
0: Yeah, Kevon probably will be the center. Yeah, yeah. switching um, with Draymond.
1: Yeah, and so it's just a fascinating team because. Last year, I think you'd have to say their two biggest weaknesses were not having a traditional center aside from Kavan Looney. He really can't play more than like 18 or 20 minutes a game at this point in his career. And so I think that put too much of a tax on Draymond Green. And um, I mean, they played Eric Pascal to some success early in the season, but obviously that tapered off as the season went along. And then just not having enough playmaking aside from Steph. And they really didn't do anything to address either of those problems this year. So. Um, I'm like Shannon was saying I'm curious to see why this over-under is so much higher than what the Warriors were able to accomplish last season because it really does seem like this team will suffer from like many of the same problems that the team last year did except this year they will be without Kent Bazemore who played a big role for them Kelly Oubre who is probably their best perimeter defender I mean You would love to be able to say Steph is going to be healthy all year and have like arguably the best season of his career, but who knows if he'll be able to repeat that. I mean, Draymond Green, I think, was healthier and more effective, at least through the regular season, than what could probably be reasonably expected this year. And so I do think this is a bit of an ambitious line. I mean, obviously, the elephant in the room is that Clay is going to be back. And I think um, there's definitely an argument to be made that that could be more than enough to bridge the gap between um, the 500-ish team that the Warriors project to be and, like, this Vegas line. But uh, definitely a lot of weight on a guy who hasn't played for two years.
0: Yeah. Uh, what did I – I had uh, – what did I have Utah at? 50. 50?
1: 50.
0: And, you have okay, the and at then I had the Phoenix at 55, 56.
1: fifty
0: six. All right. Yeah. Um. So if I have if Utah's my, I'll make. Okay, so if Utah's my three two seed, I would have to make them below. So yeah. we'll I go. The
1: Warriors could be your two seed,
0: though. Yeah, that is possible. But I'll give him. Four, I'll give him. I'll give him forty nine games.
1: Okay, well, that is shockingly sensible.
0: Hey, I mean, if if Clay, I mean, if last year's any indicator of how things are gonna go, it could be a slow start, especially if Clay doesn't come back till like November, December. Mm-hmm.
2: So, um, did they end up with any like replacements for Ubre and Baysmore or not really? I Helly. think ideas.
0: I, I mean, I mean, uh, Andre, Andre Iguodal. And I mean,
1: Kaminga, Kaminga, and Moody as well. I think. Well, yeah. I, Kaminga's probably going to hurt more than he helps this year just because of how raw he is. And I mean, we saw with Kelly Oubre and James Wiseman just how difficult it is to place like a very raw rookie with maybe not a ton of basketball IQ into the Warriors system. So Kaminga's probably going to do more harm than good. But I actually think Moses Mooney's a guy who's going to be able to contribute pretty well right away. Yep. I'm not expecting... We don't have a ton of shooting, bro. I'm not expecting anything from Iguodala, Porter, no. or Belitza. At this point, those guys are, um, should we say, wall Coaching style. Yeah. Um,
0: Basically, yeah. Leadership. But
1: a guy who I am expecting a lot, I think this is one of the important swing players of this NBA season, is Jordan Poole.
0: Jordan, baby, yeah. <laughs> let's go. Yeah, he has to. He has to clutch up this year because he he's going to be so much improvement. Room so he's much.
1: going to be their backup point guard but i could see him closing a lot of games for the warriors this year like like i said they're very much starred for like playmakers mm-hmm. outside of Steph and curry and i think pool is kind of the most intuitive fit into that role i think the playing games um both of the playing games in fact last year kind of showed the limitations of putting the ball in draymond green's hands as kind of your lead facilitator so i do think it would be worthwhile for the Warriors to explore um, playing more minutes with two playmaking guards on the floor, obviously with all the minutes Oubre and Bazemore and Mulder got at um, the shooting guard last year, that wasn't super realistic. And I don't think Clay Thompson's really going to be um, ready for that this season, but I really think Jordan Poole, if he continues his improvement could fill a very important hole in the roster. And, be an extremely valuable player to the Warriors and Juan Toscano Anderson as well. I'm excited to see how he can improve this year. I was very impressed from what I saw from Anderson last season. So all that being said, I think I'm going to take the Warriors to win 43 games this season. I think they've got um, just too many weaknesses up and down the roster, whether that's like injury risk, um, not a lot of rim protection outside of, Draymond Green and Kavon Looney who are pretty unreliable to um, be like every down backs in that regard throughout the regular season. And then just overall not knowing how things will mesh between Moody and Kaminga being added to the rotation, Wiseman coming back, just a lot of um, Clay Thompson coming back after two years, just a lot of like, there's a lot that could go wrong with this team. And I think um, that's not really being accounted for in this Vegas line. Like I think, in order for the Warriors to get up to like that 49-50 win range, like Steph's going to have to repeat his heroics from last year. Draymond's going to have to be healthy all season. Clay's going to have to come back and be, at the very least, um probably like a Duncan Robinson-type contributor on offense, which, I mean, I think that is exceedingly optimistic. So I still think they'll make the playoffs. I have them as my seventh seed, but I have a hard time seeing them be – seeing the Warriors, like, turn themselves into one of the best teams in the Western Conference.
0: Yeah. Chanin, what's your pick?
1: I'll give
2: him... I'll give him... Uh, 42. Easy. 42.
0: Huh? All right. Wow. What the fuck? Wow. That's so... Du- okay. But, Jonah, really quickly, I-, I can even cut this out, but, like, speaking of every down backs, did you mm-hmm. watch the Oregon
1: game? Yeah.
0: That was pretty whack, huh?
1: Against Ohio State.
0: Yeah, that was crazy. CJ Verdell, he's a future niner, baby. I'll, I'll keep that quick, but I was so surprised. I woke up 8.30 for that sucker, and I was that was the highlight of my day.
1: Yeah. I, Especially on your BD. People are saying that it's the Ducks' like biggest one of all time, so it's pretty cool. Uh,
0: besides, remember Florida State when they played Jameis? Yeah. That was a big one, too, but pro- probably, honestly. Crazy. Okay, moving on from... All right. GSW.
1: All right, let's talk uh, about the Mavs. What was that, Shannon? I said let's talk about the Mavs. Oh yeah. Yeah, good call. New coaching staff. Um not a lot of turnover on the roster, but they did bring in Reggie Block, Sterling Brown, and uh I yeah. think was it yesterday or this morning maybe that they brought in Frank Neil and then Christoph Oh, coach- I didn't know that. Yeah, apparently for the first time in his NBA career, Kristaps Porzingis had a healthy off season. So we'll be curious wow. to see if he can regain some of his <laughs> earlier form. But yeah, in, in, interesting team in Dallas. What are what are your thoughts on them, Shannon?
2: Um, I, I hope I would assume and hope that Luca will continue progressing. Mm-hmm. Weren't there like whispers about like Luca and Kristaps maybe not working together long term? Yeah. yeah. Um, kind of curious to see what happens with that because doesn't Kristaps want to be like a first option or something like that or like more of the more of the lead role
1: yeah definitely more of the lead role he was very much relegated in their series against the Clippers
2: yeah Um, I don't know I mean this is dangerous yeah I think they'll be solid Western or regular season I don't really I still don't see them ready to like make a serious playoff run um compared to like the other top teams in the West and like obviously especially the East. But um I think they'll be solid. I think they'll be better than the Warriors. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Jonah, what's the starting? Five? I think they'll
2: be better than a lot of teams in the West, but
0: Luca, Chris Stapps.
1: Who else? I mean they still have Tim Hardaway Junior. Jalen yeah. yeah. Brunson was but really Aren't good those last
0: both year. aren't they point guards though? Who? Brunson's a point guard, right?
1: yeah yeah he's their backup point guard
0: but he's and gonna hard- be in the starting five.
1: oh, oh oh you're asking their starting five yeah oh the starting five is gonna be uh luca hardaway dorian finney smith chris stops and then probably dwight powell
0: okay yeah i i love brunson though he's really good
1: yeah i like him a lot too um i'm a little concerned about their defense i think the fact that they've got willie caulie stein <laughs> and dwight powell all on the roster tells me that they see Kristaps more as a power forward, which that's just a lot of size and not a lot of mobility in your <laughs> front court. And so I'm a little curious to see how those will kind of mesh together, especially given not a whole lot of defensive talent in the backcourt and a new coach in Jason Kidd. Because Carlisle, say what you want about Carlisle, but I think he's a very solid um, regular season coach. I think his um, they just kind of started to grow tired of his presence in Dallas. But I think in terms of X's and O's, he's worlds ahead of kids. So I think that's a bit of a downgrade, but kind of just like Channon said, I think you get Luka Doncic who should still be developing at this point in his career. And they've done a good job of surrounding him with shooting this year. I think they realized the mistake of swapping Seth Curry for Josh Richardson last year, and they brought in Reggie Block to kind of make amends for that. And so Luka and shooting and hopefully healthy Chris Dopp's should be a recipe for a like top five offense in the nba and i'm not really expecting much out of their defense honestly but i i I think this will just kind of be a very solid western conference team i think they're going to win 50 games um i think the key to their season and this is more to the playoffs is moxie kleba who i think really had a tough season last year due to covid and injuries he looked a little sluggish in the clippers series i mean he hit like every three he took against the clippers but just defensively wasn't the guy we saw in the 2019-20 season, especially in that 2020 series against LA. And so if he can kind of regain his earlier form, um, and I know we just talked about not wanting to relegate KP anymore, but if they could like run some units with Cleva as a small ball center, I think that could really unlock some things for them defensively, especially considering they play like with a little bit more size in the backcourt because of, Luca, um, being the point guard and, yeah. like six seven, so Cleve is a guy I'll be watching carefully this season. But yeah, I think the Mavs will be um, competing for home court advantage. I'll
0: what about Tyrell two? Terry?
1: I know. Uh, <laughs> I don't really see a spot for him in the rotation once again this year. A little, a little worried about him. He was disappointing in summer league. Although, uh, he only played very limited minutes before he got injured. So. Yeah, I don't think this will be the year Tyrell Terry breaks out. Um, unfortunately. Yeah. It's Shannon, okay. what, what did you Steph say? That was you, a
0: late bloomer too.
1: What did you say your win projection was, Channon? Um, I'm gonna go with uh
2: Um I'm
1: gonna I'm just gonna go with forty eight. Yeah, I think that's very reasonable. Uh Kellen? Uh forty six. Forty-six! Wow. Um, Can we talk about the Nuggets? Yeah.
0: Because, like, when I'm going through my predictions for them, ever since you told me that they, you don't think they're going to be as good, you know, because they don't have a ton of rim protection, I just don't know where to gauge them. Because they're they were so hey, good how, last year, but
2: well, how long till Jamal Murray's back?
1: Uh, it's going to be a while, I think. Jesus.
0: But they still won without
1: him, though. Yeah. They who did still- they? Who
2: did they pick up? Uh, Austin Rivers, right?
1: Yeah, they to brought back Austin like- Rivers this year, and then okay. a lot of it was the front court. They, but I think Jeff Green, that might be a pretty solid signing for them. They resend Will Barton, who was out most of the year, and PJ Dozier was another guy who missed a lot of times. So just having those guys healthy might make a pretty big difference. Yeah. There is Island, their draft pick. Some people are really high on him. The rim no. protection is bad. It is bad. And and Javel McGee was pretty solid at backups in turn. They replaced him with a combination of probably Zeke Najee, Jeff Green, and Jamichael Green, which is a little bit concerning as well. Right. Because that doesn't address the rim protection problem. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: yeah i don't know uh, what, do the what is what's there is it 47 and a mm-hmm. half i'm gonna go with uh 44
1: a little did
2: jokic win ap yeah he did you think he's gonna play at that level this season or take a step back
1: uh i don't think he'll win mvp again but i think he's one of the best offensive players in the NBA for sure. Yeah. I agree with that. And he's just such a matchup nightmare too because there are just so few centers in the NBA that can guard him. And it's not like a it's not like a Damian Lillard or Steph Curry because the, both of those guys are like dominant offensive players, but like what they do is like still difficult, you know? Like even like Damian Lillard or a, Steph Curry, like they both have to like hit impossible shots to kind of get their efficiency up, if you know what I mean. Like, yeah. whereas yeah, absolutely. Jokic is um like just much more reliable because like what he does is a, a bit more like consistently repeatable just because yeah. more of like a matchup thing rather than like Curry or Lillard, they can get their shot off against any team and it might go in like 35 to 40% of the time. Whereas Jokic, like he can get what he wants every possession, and it works almost all the time. And even if it doesn't result in a score, he almost always gets like an open shot for himself or a teammate, which um, but yeah. I think that's the problem is that the teammates are just so bad this season. I mean, maybe you, you think Michael Porter Jr. takes another step forward this season, but yeah. I think this Michael Porter Jr., like the most improved player stuff, has just been it's really bizarre to me this offseason because they he has been getting a lot of hype for that particular award. but last year he averaged nineteen points on forty percent shooting from beyond the arc percent. <laughs> like he's not gonna be better than that. like he's probably gonna be worse yeah. insane efficiency. But I do think that like Michael Porter jr is like i i this might sound crazy, but like he pretty much is like Clay Thompson on offense, just like this really tall. 40 percent shooter with a very fast release he gets his shot off over almost any defender because of his positional size i don't think he moves as well as clay does off the ball but the mike malone he did have some interesting sets to run and get porter open looks last year um and yeah um i think the biggest part of his game that could improve is maybe putting the ball on the floor a little more and getting his own shots instead of having so many of his baskets come off assists but I don't think I'm very optimistic on his ability to do that. Um, the Nuggets will have a bad defense this season. They just have um, just no rim protection. Um, they play very small in the backcourt with Austin Rivers, Monte Morris, Facundo Campazzo, Bones Highland. That's a guy who's probably going to be a defensive liability. Um, so, I, yeah, the defense is going to be below average. But, I mean, Jokic is just such a dominating offensive player in the regular season. And so – yeah, this is a tough team to predict again. Jokic, the, I think the best thing you can say about him is just how durable he is. I think you can count on him to miss like no more than five games. I'm going to take the Nuggets to win 49 games this season.
2: Yeah, that's a good pick. I was going to go with 48. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I, I'm I surprised it's this low. Like, I, I usually am not a Nuggets optimist, so I think that… You know, right, yeah. I think that means that I know going a little the season.
2: I just think that like Jokic is like one of the best players for just getting regular season wins, like just making yeah. it happen because yeah. of all the reasons you said. He's so durable. His game is so like it it comes to him so much easier than other stars because of his size and skill. Exactly. Like he really he really can just get a bucket on actually any possession. Mm-hmm. Um. So like in the regular season, like that translates to wins. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think there's a team that clearly stands out as better than the rest of the teams we have yet to talk about at this point. And that's the Portland Trailblazers. Oh,
0: yeah, I forgot about that. Dame's new uh, song is kind of good, not going to lie.
1: Yeah, I have to say I don't really keep up to date with Is it? I haven't heard it. Huh? Was that the video where he was like doing all the
2: – he posted about it and he was like paying homage to all the goats or something like that? <laughs>
0: I don't know. I just he posted like a clip of his video on Instagram. I follow him because he's cool, but hate when the Warriors You blame. better follow him. Yeah, he's a savage.
2: Dame Dollar, baby Dame Dollar Trail. Oh, him, him, down. him Duncan, that's the song. Uh, yeah, him Duncan.
0: <laughs> Jonah, you Dude, should just get an Instagram account and just follow Dame. and get him to follow you back and just have one follower following one just you and dame that'd be so sick
2: wait jonah you're gonna be in eugene right like this i'm doing a show there on the october 30th (laughs) he's doing a concert yeah wow it's gonna be sick i'll have to give you the
1: huh where is it uh it's gonna be at like a
2: like a frat down there it's gonna be lit it's like a album debut party type thing it's gonna be who's sick. his opener is it just him give you the details um i might do an opener what i'm not sure no it's my show is it your show yes me. Oh, oh, i thought you were talking about dame bro no shy hi
1: <laughs> is it uh dante's frat
2: nah i I think it's maybe one that he used to be like affiliated with somehow I don't know he's not in any anymore but um he just said they have like a big stage in their backyard and so how, how
0: are we not on the same page right there
2: i well my I just brought that up randomly because I just remember the fact that Jonah will be in Eugene so
0: because I thought yeah, it was I was be. like that's a random spot for dame to drop his album drop an album <laughs> I was like who's opening for him wow no that's sick though Channing. good for you dude Thank you. Yeah, it's going to be sick.
1: Yeah. Anyways, that sounds awesome. All right. Yeah, the the Blazers, though, um, a slightly less talented musical artist in Dame Dollar, but <laughs> we'll give him credit anyway. Uh, yeah, 44 and a half. And my first thought is just this is a very low win total. Like, I think the Blazers could have a very disappointing season and still finish pretty well over 44 and a half wins. Uh, yeah. The Blazers finished last year with the second offense in the NBA, and that was with Norm Powell only playing half the season. I mean, I, I guess he did have Gary Trent, but I think Norm Powell is a better offensive player than Gary Trent is, and the Blazers were definitely better offensively with Norm Powell on the floor than they were with Trent. And then also, yeah. missed a ton of games last season, which he's not a ton of games. Yeah, he and he's not an injury-prone guy. I think it was just a complete fluke with Capella landing on his foot like that so I wouldn't expect yeah, that to happen high. again this year so depending on the Nets injury situation I do think you could see the Blazers um, moving into the number one offense in the league this year but I think the more sensible projection what I haven't projected at is um, comfortably the second best offense in the league which I think yeah. they can definitely repeat that again this year and I think the headline is going to be the defense though because they did bring in Chauncey Billups who's for sure going to be tasked with improving the defense. And when Nurkic was on the floor last year, uh, the Blazers were actually not only competent, but well above average defensively. Uh, The stat was um, from the Nuggets series. Over the course of the Nuggets series, the Blazers got outscored, I think it was by four points. The Nuggets outscored the Blazers by four points when you add up all the games together. But when Nurkic was on the floor, we outscored them by 48. So... um, Damn, it cannot be overstated the impact he has on Portland, especially on the defensive end of things. It was really the bench, the combination of Cantor and Mello is just so toxic defensively. But I mean, <laughs> Blazers, the Blazers fixed that this year, they won Cody Zeller and Larry Nance. And so, I do think with good health, the Blazers will be an above average defense. But, um, I don't really think you can account for good health with this team, especially given the injury histories. Of both Zeller and Nurkic and Larry Nance, for that matter, I do think on um, there, there will be very few games where all three of those guys play together. So you never know. You yeah. never know. You do never know. That so that's a concern. At full health, I think this team is definitely can be considered one of the best in the Western Conference. But I do think there are just like too many sensitive spots in terms of depth. Like Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum are really the only two guys I trust to be like. That point guard facilitator, if one of them misses any time, you'll probably see like guys like Anthony Simons or Norm Powell running the offense, which um, will um, be—it's just not something they're suited to do. No. The depth of the front court is an issue too, with um, Nurkic and Zeller being the only guys who are like taller than like six seven, and both of those guys are very much injury prone. Maybe they bring in Marquise Chris as the third string center. I think that would be a great idea, but I mean, I'm not too excited to be relying on him if one of those um, first two centers goes down. So nah. I really like this team on paper. I think the depth in certain areas kinds of kind of concerns me, but I, I think 50 wins is a very reasonable estimation for them. And I do. Yeah, think I'm, I'm excited. A playoff team.
0: Yeah, 50 it's
1: really good. I, I really like their playoff versatility this <laughs> year because Larry Nance played a lot of small ball center in Cleveland, and Chauncey Billups, he's um, won a championship, so he has that, I guess, experience. That's I, Yeah, so I, 48. I, I do like a – All
0: right. And can't, can't have, him have more than the mm, Warriors, you know? Yeah. I was going to
2: go 49. Guess? 49, all right.
0: Tied with the Warriors. I'm excited.
2: Bro? I'm excited yeah, to uh, see what they do. Um, it'll be really interesting.
0: Why is this? Yeah, it's a very good Spurs roster.
2: Solo. I do feel like we addressed, like, issues that we had, like you were saying. Um, I'm just excited to see what, like, the culture changes, like, if any, with um, a different coach and staff. Um, yeah, it'll be fun. Wasn't there? Um, no, that was it. But, yeah, good players, man. We got good players. Hopefully they play well and stay healthy. I'm, I don't – I'm just so, like – unsure about what to expect from Nurkic he just gave me such a weird vibe at the end of the season last year Mm -hmm. but I mean it seems like he's been in the gym so we'll see
1: yeah and from what like reading the tea leaves based on his um comments after the Denver season or series it seemed like he was very ready for Terry Stotts to kind of be shown the door so maybe having a new coach will rejuvenate him a little bit
2: that's true that's true
1: All right, I think it's a very clear top seven in the Western Conference, and we've gotten through those seven teams. And I mean, if Kawhi's healthy, everything just looks completely different. Yeah. That will be likely this year. It seems like he probably will miss most, if not all, of this season. But I I think think they're pretty much all but one team that could at least be a threat for the playing games. So... I think it's anybody's guess from here on out. So do any of you guys have a team? Bro, that-
0: I'm looking at the two teams right in between the Jazz and the Blazers. The Kings Spurs are low criminally low, dude. Yeah. You got DeJounte Murray playing, anything's possible. And then uh, the Kings have the most stacked backcourt in the NBA by far. De'Aaron, Halliburton, fucking Davion Mitchell, dude. Get right. out of here with that. Is Buddy Hill still on the team?
1: Yeah, buddy heals still there.
0: Wow. There we much go. That's
1: difficulty.
0: a that's a that's a scrapper team right there. That's a team that's gonna give problems to other people.
1: How how much how much do you like the Kings?
0: Oh, they've got Davion Mitchell, that's my favorite player.
1: Yeah, I know, but how much do you like them in terms of wins?
0: Oh, how much do I like <laughs> him? We'll go uh let's give him 45.
1: Oh holy <laughs> <laughs> Wow.
0: <laughs> yeah, give him 45 wins up in here. All
1: right. I I like them quite a bit, too. I really like their backcourt. I really like bringing back Rashawn Holmes, I think, between Rashawn Holmes. And then they've got so many backup centers. None of them are very good, but they have Alex Lynn, Tristan Palms, Damian Jones. I think Chemezi Metu might be back. They drafted Nemeus Kito, so there will be no shortage of options for um. Rashawn holmes backup this year which is i thought there was going to be more interest across the league for Rashawn holmes yeah I, I did too i thought charlotte made it maybe made a big mistake by not going after him but the Kings signed him to a huge bargain so good for them i guess but i agree i think Rashawn holmes might be a little bit underrated i do like their backcourt a lot too i think deer and fox yeah Harry, Robert, davion mitchell i'm concerned they might have to play all three of those guys at the same time a little bit too much just because there are no wings on this team. Like Harrison Barnes is their best forward. And then after that, it's like Robert Woodard, um, Marvin Bagley, just, I don't think they'll have enough guys to play the three and the four this year. I think- They got some good players lucky. Oh,
0: they've
1: got- um, I think wings is just too big of a um, weakness for them to overcome, especially considering- Yeah. Harrison Barnes seems like a very likely guy who could be on the move at some point this year um yeah i mean if buddy healed keeps putting on weight like he did before last season maybe he'll be a small forward this year but i don't really know if that would be a good thing for sacramento and then yeah other than that yeah I, i like i like the guards i like the center but there's just nothing in between there and um they're still a little young i'm still i like luke walton more than most but i'm a little skeptical about him still I think they'll be feisty. They'll like, compete for the plane, but I have them winning 37 games.
2: That's what I was going to say. Yeah, hey, I
0: like that Lou King. Yeah? What? That Lou King?
1: Oh, yeah. Oregon Duck. Yeah.
0: yeah. Smartest player on the Just, team right there. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah. two-way fire. All right. What about um, Marvin? i Harrison. I, I kind of gives. Get out of here. Yeah, this team's
0: going to win a title in the upcoming years. If they keep everybody together, I like the Kings. It's my new favorite right, team right
1: there. Let's talk about the Spurs because I agree with what Kellen was saying. This seems like a very low um, win total for the Spurs. And I think my bold prediction for the Western Conference, I think I think it's going to be the San Antonio Spurs who end up getting the eight seed this year. I think it's going to be a very non-competitive race for the eighth seed. I think it's not going to take very many wins to get it whatsoever, but I think the Spurs are going to go 39 and 43 and make the playoffs this year. I think people just are not considering how dominant this defense is going to be because you've got Jakob Purtle, who's one of the best rim protectors in the NBA and an elite defensive backcourt and DeJounte Murray and Derek White, And then, very complimentary forwards, whether it's like um, you can go with a more defensive look of Keldon Johnson, who's coming off of that Olympics appearance and Devin Vassell, who they drafted last year. Um, I just think that and they brought in Thad Young, a great defender in his own right, although signs do point to them trading him. But I think if they get off to a hot start this year, they might just keep the band together because I do think they want to win under Pop. So just great defensive personnel. Popovich is a really solid defensive coach. I could easily see San Antonio being a top six defensive team this year. And if you're just doing the math, if you're a top six defense, all you really need to do to be a 500 team is finish like top 23, 24 in offense. And the Spurs offensive personnel, it leaves a lot to be desired, especially when you look at um, DeMar Derozan and Patty Mills leaving this off season. But I don't use poker terminology very often, mostly because I don't play poker very often, but I will say that the Spurs have, like, a lot of outs. Like, they have a lot of ways where things could go right for them this year. Because uh, all they really need is, like, Derek White missed almost all of last year. If he's healthy, that's a competent um, guard to run the offense. Like, DeJounte Murray is a guy who I think could really take a big step forward this year as his role gets get and the Josh Primo, who's it seems very unlikely that he'll be a positive contributor in his rookie year, but just another kind of young guy in the backcourt. Lonnie Walker, he's another guy who you could look to as maybe a guy who takes a step forward. Trey Jones, their rookie from last year, showed a lot in summer league, I thought. So they just have so many young guards in the backcourt that even if just one or two of them kind of blossoms this season, I think I like they'll Keldon. be able to run a complicated offense. And In addition to that, they've really juiced up the shooting on this team by bringing in Bryn Forbes and Doug McDermott, who I think will kind of grease the wheels and help guys like DeJounte Murray and Trey Jones, who maybe aren't necessarily the best um, shooters in the world. So, yeah, I really like the Spurs defense. I I think you can count on them for being a top 10 defense, especially if, um, if Pirtle can maybe play like 30 minutes a game and foul a little bit less, I think. The defense is very, very good. And then after that, they've just got so many players who seem like they could be primed to break out, whether it's DeJounte Murray or Keldon Johnson. Um, but yeah, I think this is a good under-the-radar pick to make the playoffs, especially considering they will be trying to win as much as possible while Pops still around. So yeah, 39-43 yeah, and 43 is my record for San Antonio.
0: James Wiseman is Jakob Pertl's daddy. He had his best game of his life against them, dude.
1: I think I remember that one. Huh? Yeah, I said I think I remember that one. That was yeah. that was the game before um, the infamous Draymond shot against the Spurs.
0: He was trying to get the ball out. Okay, trying to draw the foul, get to the line, win the game. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go forty-two. Wow. I was really. I like- ready. I I was like negative at the beginning, so I'm making up for it here.
1: I thought I was optimistic about the Spurs.
0: Hey, dude, it's three
1: games. Come on.
2: I'm going to go with uh, 37, tied with the Kings.
1: Yeah. I do think that the Spurs are a pretty safe bet to uh, um, win more than 28 games for sure. Oh, yeah. All right, so I think there are do you want to move on to a team that made the playoffs last year? Um, we haven't gotten to them yet, the Memphis Grizzlies.
0: Dude, when I was making my predictions, Memphis was really high up there. Wow. Like, surprisingly, well, when I wasn't paying attention, I was just looking at game, like, matchup by matchup. I'm like, yeah, the Grizzlies could beat them, beat them, beat them. Wins added up fast. So it's safe to say
1: you're pretty high on Memphis this season.
0: Uh, well, yeah, a little salty still, but. I'll get over it.
1: So what? What did all those wins add up to in the end?
0: Oh, they were they were up there. Uh they were above forty one, I think. But I don't know, dude. Who do you think? Do you think the Grizzlies are better than the Suns and the um, Kings? I I mean, not the Suns, the uh, Spurs and the Kings. I
1: think they're in that sphere.
0: You think they're all kind of the same?
1: The thing that worries me with the Grizzlies is it just kind of strikes me that like they're not really taking it very seriously this year because they traded away Jonas Valanciunas, who is probably the second best player on their team last year for Steven Adams, a guy who's clearly worse than Valanciunas. And they did that in order to move up seven spots in the draft, which is understandable because I guess moving up seven spots in the draft to select um, Zaire Williams out of Stanford – like still building towards the future and then they kind of um moved for and they kind of like made another move in that regard when they traded away Grayson Allen who was a very key contributor for them last year just to get Sam Merrill and a second round pick it just kind of feels like they're more concerned about building for the future than winning games this season it just kind of seems like that's the organizational direction that they're headed in and maybe like John Morant is so good that that doesn't matter and Jaron Jackson comes back from injury and is the same guy he was in the 2019-20 season. But, um, yeah, I I just – it doesn't really seem like the Grizzlies kind of value their success this season as much as, like, some of the other teams in this range do, which makes me a little more hesitant to pick them to do well.
2: Yeah.
0: I just realized that I gave either the Spurs or the Kings three less wins than I gave the Lakers. (laughs) So that's interesting. There,
1: well, one no, you gave you gave huh? the Kings the exact same amount, right?
0: No, I gave them like forty-two, right?
1: No, you gave the Kings forty-five. Oh wow! Wow!
0: Wow! Okay, so that's
1: a hot take. Tannen, what's your stance on the Grizzlies this year?
2: Uh, I've never really
1: liked the Grizzlies, honestly.
2: <laughs> I think I really so. haven't, bro.
1: I think Stephen really? Adams is a very oh. bad fit with John Morant, too. That sort of lack of shooting and lack of mobility. Like, they're not going to be able to run up and down the court with Stephen Adams on the floor.
2: No, that doesn't make any sense, bro. Yeah. He needs athletic big next time. Yeah,
1: so Why I think the know? one thing that could really open this up is if Jaron Jackson develops, and then maybe, like, Xavier Tillman or Brandon Clark has a good season, and then you can just maybe run a really small unit out there with – like a Jackson Tillman front court and totally bypass Stephen Adams, but I don't really think that highly of. Not, high, bro. That relies
2: bit. on too many bums having like a way above expectations season to me. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Um, I'm yeah, not. I'm not I optimistic like of, about fingers. I like a lot of players on this team. Like I think Desmond Bain might is poised to have a very good sophomore season. I still oh, Desmond's is-
0: jacked. He's a I'm, yeah, I'm
1: still a, still a huge fan of both Dylan Brooks and Kyle Anderson. I really like what they give them. But yeah, I, I just think people might be slightly underrating the importance that Jonas Valanciers has to this team. Oh, yeah, he was huge. But the Blazers were supposed to get Kyle Anderson, bro. What happened? Well, we got Larry Nance. I mean, that, I think that's – Oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess that's facts. Yeah. Uh, uh so I, I don't think the Grizzlies are going to win 41 games. That seems very optimistic because I mean, that's an above 500 team. I guess they were above 500 last year, but I think they're clearly worse than last year. Unless, like we were saying, like, unless Jaron Jackson has an awesome season, which I mean, it's always a possibility, but yeah, I'm going to pick them to win 38 games.
0: Oh, you guys got Marquise Chris. Oh yeah. man, he's a good player. You guys scored with him. If he comes back like healthy, he was good for us.
1: Yeah, I, I liked that position. Ben mack oh, I'm
0: feeling. I'm feeling a.
1: Feeling
2: a. I'm feeling a. Uh, feeling a. Uh, uh, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm feeling a
1: light thirty-seven on the Grizzlies. Nice,
0: Color? Yeah, give me uh thirty-nine.
1: You said you thought you'd they'd win more than 41.
0: Yeah, I know that, okay? But I gave a lot of people on the lower list part over, so That's I got to just...
1: Oh, got to balance hey. it out. Hey,
0: you guys got Dennis Smith, huh?
1: I mean, him and Chris are both just training, training camp, guys. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you do can... you guys want to talk about the Pelicans next? They're a very... Um, yeah,
0: they're going to be good.
1: Tough team to calibrate. How good do you think they'll become?
0: I think that they're going to be right around what their over-under is.
1: Oh, yeah. Give me a, a 38. 38. All right. I think I think that's fair. I think they're going to be one of the worst defenses in the league because they were already 22nd in defense last year if memory serves. And um, then they got rid of Eric Bledsoe, Lonzo Ball and Steven Adams who are probably the three best defenders who played regular minutes for them and replaced them with uh, Devonte Graham, Tomas Sadaransky, and um, Jonas Valanciunas, who are a pretty big step down on defense. They build Valanciunas as this like great three-point shooter who's going to give a lot of space into Zion. And I mean, he's a better shooter than Stephen Adams, but I don't think functionally that'll make Zion's life a lot easier. So I'm not too keen on that fit. Like I, I, just, I just don't get why the Pelicans think they've got a pair die on with like some big burly center like why is it that they have to have like a stephen adams or a young Santinus? i wish they'd try to go a little bit more small and mobile but i think the offense is going to be pretty good um just because of the shooting that they added um between Devonte graham and sataransky um more of a low volume guy but he shot 40 percent last year graham is um more high volume um lower efficiency, but I think that's the kind of guy you need around Zion. They still have Brandon Ingram, who is a great shooter in his own right. Um, It'll be interesting to see how some of the younger guys develop, whether it's like Nikhil Alexander Walker, Kyra Lewis, Najee Marshall. Um, I think those guys are going to play a big role in determining how successful the Pelicans are this season, because I think those are theoretically the two-way players that the Pelicans are going to need at the guard position as an alternative to like a Devonte Graham, but, uh, I'm not holding my breath for them or anything. Uh, they did retain Josh Hart, which is big. Um, they've got Garrett temple on the wing as well. They drafted Trey Murphy. who's a guy who's going to be a three and D contributor right away. So there, there are some interesting pieces for sure. A lot of really weird players on this team. And I think that starts with Zion Williamson. Um, but, Me, I I think the defense is going to be a lot worse. And offensively, there are just so many good offensive teams in the league this year that I think it's hard to pick a team just because you think they have a good offense. Because, like, I just don't think having a good offense doesn't cut it anymore. Like, there's just so many talent, there's just so much talent in the league right now. But I think the Pelicans are going to win 35 games. I think the Pelicans um, are going to be horrible. Really?
2: Yeah, um, I, I think they're going to be one of my picks for really bad teams this year. Interesting. I'm going to give them, well, not like as bad as like I predicted the Rockets and the Timberwolves last right, year, right. but um, yeah, it's not looking too hot for these guys. I'm going to give them 28. Wow, all right.
0: Is that don't uh, way, guy get out of here? You got Zion on your squad, you're gonna win over 30 games. Do you think Zion is yeah, part of
1: that factoring and maybe Zion a bit of a health concern too?
2: That and I just like I don't think that Zion and Brandon Ingram are gonna carry them to over 30 wins, honestly.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I will say if they do somehow like make the playoffs mm-hmm. as like a seven or eight seed, like Zion could be. A sneaky mvp candidate because i think he's going to have to do a lot of heavy lifting for that today.
2: that would be really sick i would love to see that that would be really really sick
1: All right, but so i'm then, not
2: feeling good on them
1: we're down to our last three teams now um or no we still have the clippers left to do let's ju- let's do the Clippers. yeah that's what i thought yeah i think the clippers the clippers i think are a lot better than the pelicans i i think they kind of slot in with like the kings and the grizzlies I think 45 and a half is way too high just because I'm not too optimistic about Kawhi Leonard returning this year, especially after they signed him to like that 4 four year with a player option, that four plus one contract. I just don't really think they have to be in too much of a rush to bring him back this year. They're probably more so gearing up for next season, which I think is what they should be doing. But Yeah, just not enough playmaking on this roster for my taste. I think Paul George, I think they were very successful last year without Kawhi in the playoffs, beating the Jazz and having a very competitive showing against the Suns. But I think it, I mean, obviously it's unrealistic to expect Paul George to be playing over 40 minutes a game this year because of, some of his injury concerns and outside of Paul George, there's just not enough guys on this team who I feel comfortable having the ball in their hands. Like you've got Eric Bledsoe, who I think was a necessary acquisition, just to have somebody who can run pick and roll. But I mean, he's really fallen quickly in the past couple of years. Um, so he's not a guy I'm extremely excited about Reggie Jackson. I think is more of just a shooter um, who can like attack a close out more than a traditional point guard. Uh, terence Mann and luke Kennard, um like both of them are more play finishers than play creators in my opinion um i just have a hard time yeah just seeing where the offense is going to come from it just feels like they're it feels like this team has a lot of like good solid contributors on a playoff team but without Kawhi, i mean obviously they're just missing that main guy who kind of stirs the drink and so uh, I think it's going to be a disappointing season for the Clippers. I think that's facts. I think Paul George is going to have a good year, but I don't think even that's going to be enough to save them. Um, yeah,
2: thirty-three. I, You're it's all right. Yeah, I'll take thirty-three. Yeah. Damn. I'm uh, going to give do, him thirty-nine. Don't give him
0: thirty-eight. That's five games. <laughs> like it's not that big of a deal.
2: I know, I guess it just felt so low. It's just
1: weird. Uh, five games, that's quite a bit of games. Nah, that's get out of here. That's a lot of games. Uh, So we're down to our last three now, I guess. The Timberwolves. Best
0: player, dude. That's a big deal. The Timberwolves. Dude, the
1: Rockets. Let's go. Jonah got me excited for the Rockets because
2: that freaking guy. The new yeah. guy. Yeah.
1: Yeah, had an and incredible KPJ,
2: style. who I picked on my team, KPJ, and then he started yeah. going crazy.
1: Yeah, that's going to be a very ex- – they're, they're going to be bad, but they're going to be a very exciting bad team because Galen <laughs> Green and Kevin Porter Jr. are just two guys who just go out there and get a ton we of
2: – to, We need to go to a, a Rockets-Blazers game. I'm trying to see yeah, these that, guys live, bro.
1: That would be fun. They're going to be a thrilling team to watch because they've really got interesting players up and down the roster because I was very pessimistic about Alper and Shingen after the draft, and I still – if not his biggest fan I don't think but he showed a lot of stuff in summer league I think he could be kind of like maybe the next DeMontis Sabonis if anything he's just a very adept post score and then um they brought in Daniel Tice who uh it, I don't um like I don't necessarily understand why because they have so many young guys who theoretically need minutes at the four and five which is where Tice will play but i mean i think he'll help them he's a very good player so i i like i just don't really know what to make of them they just have it's just it's a very interesting team because i want to say they're going to be a terrible defensively just because of how small they are because you think christian Wood and tice will probably be the two main centers who get a lot of minutes and both of them are six ten or smaller but i mean then you also have jay sean tate who's an awesome defender you've got um Usman Garuba, who was one of the best defenders in the Euro League last season. Like they, they, they're gonna have some very like it's just it's gonna be very interesting to see what Steven Silas does here because he could go with a lot of like small ball units that are just super versatile and have a lot of switchability defensively. Um it's gonna be a lot of just experimenting with different pieces this year. I I hope that John Wall and Eric Gordon don't play very much because I really want to see like Kevin Porter Jalen Green like Shannon was saying, just seeing those guys have kind of the, all the responsibility on their backs. So I hope I that think they-
2: they're low-key going to be kind of nice. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I I don't, I think they're going to be better than the Pelicans. That's my take.
1: Wow. I, I'm going to pick them to win 26 games. I guess you had the Pelicans so low that that kind of makes sense, but do you kind of see the yeah. the 29 to 30 range this year?
2: Uh, I'm going to give them 32.
1: My theory with the Rockets, because I agree with Cannon that I like, like a lot of the talent on their team. I just think they're not really in the mode where they're kind of trying to win games yet. I think they'll be trying to just give their young guys some experience and just kind of mess around a little bit. And I think this year there are just so many teams that are like trying to win. Like the only teams that are kind of in that like rebuild mode right now are like the Thunder, Rockets, Cavs, Magic, and Pistons. So I think just... I think the um, sheer amount of teams that are just going to be trying to be competitive and win on any given night is going to make it very hard for, like, the younger. That's
2: fact. But I think that this team is going to be a team where um, they end up in a lot of sleeper close games um, because teams are expecting to handle them with ease, and a lot of them will, 50 of them will. Um, But I think they're going to end up in close games, and I think they got low-key, like, several guys who can make game-winning plays.
1: Kind um, of like the uh, Grizzlies and Jaws rookie year.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. what I think this situation is going to be.
1: I, yeah, I'm very excited to see the Rockets. I, I would be very happy to see them doing well because that probably means that Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. are both having very good seasons, which would be a thrill to watch. Uh, Kellen, what do you make of the Rockets this year?
0: 22. <laughs>
1: 22. Damn. <laughs> so pessimistic. All right. Um, <laughs> we're down to our last two teams so i guess we can kind of do a speed round and try to wrap it up in these last seven minutes i think the timberwolves are gonna suck this year uh just so so little yes sir timberwolves hey baby sorry what so so little depth so little defense um like and they keep doing this and i have no idea why they keep putting all their resources into getting these guards so now they have Anthony Edwards, D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, Leandro Balmaro, Patrick Beverly, all guys who they're probably going to give quite a few minutes Man. to. And they I don't know why they keep investing so many resources into guys who are just going to take the ball away from their best player. And um, If I were Chris Finch, I'd be trying to run more stuff through Carl Anthony Towns, but that doesn't really seem to be the direction the Wolves are headed in. I think this is going to be a pretty bad team this year, so I'll pick them to win 29 games. 27 for me we don't rock with the timberwolves yeah 25 all right last team thunder uh this is the worst team in the league in my opinion they they just have so many guys who are going to be playing who just are not nba players frankly like they're just going to be <laughs> way too many minutes of like teo maladon Alexei pokashevsky's josh giddy uh, Darius Bailey. not to say that these guys are never going to be like NBA caliber just to say like in their first second and third seasons like they just are not ready to contribute to winning basketball uh they traded away Al Horford who was actually a pretty important player I think he fit very well with Shea Gillis and Alexander last year and replaced him with Derek Favors who is much much worse um so yeah I think the Thunder kind of learned their lesson last year when they were borderline competent for like the first couple of months of the season I think this year they're fully embracing the tank. Um, I think Shay is very talented. I'm still pretty high on Shea Gilge's alexander I think the hype on him has kind of gotten maybe a little bit overblown, but he's still getting yeah. pretty much anything he wants on the basketball court. And I just don't think there's enough talent surrounding him. I think the Thunder are just making life so hard on him this year by giving him so little shooting to place around him, giving him so, um, like, few... Just, yeah, just so, so a little spacing, so a little consistency in the roster. Not a great pick-and-roll partner in Derek Favors. It's just, they're just not setting him up to succeed, and I don't think they're even trying to set him up to succeed. So I think the Thunder are going to win 19 games this season.
2: That's what That was going to be my pick, too. Mm-hmm.
0: 19.
1: There's a lot of red on the spreadsheet right now. Yeah.
0: Are, Maybe. What was your pick? I'm gonna go with you. I'll roll with you guys on that one.
1: Nineteen. All right. Uh, well, that wraps it up for the oh, long
0: club. season. Winning nineteen games. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awful.
1: Do you? Guys, does anybody have any like big picture takes before we log off?
2: Those guys aren't gonna care though, Kellen. Like, there, so many of them are like, "I'm in an NBA game. Let's freaking go, baby." Lou Dort like, cares. Like, I touch the ball. Let's freaking go. Lou yeah, dort Lou Dort cares. cares. Sorry, Lou Dort. Okay. Uh, It's just weird seeing how much like the tide has shifted from west to east, man. It's weird.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Big picture? Yeah.
0: We're going to see the Kings rattle up the Western Conference. Yeah, I'm interested
1: to kind of put together these standings for all of us because I think the Kings might be like your four or five seed. Come on, so. (laughs) (laughs) So, Wow.
0: I'm high on him, dude. Okay. And also – um. Andrew Wiggins, he's going to have a good year, dude. Like, oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, we should have positioned oh. him more in the Warriors section, but he was very solid last year. Um,
0: he's money. We know more Pascal. We pulled the plug, just like you said, dude. Who,
1: who's, the, um, who's the Warriors' second-best player this season? What do you mean? Like, who's their second-best player behind Steph?
0: Come on, man. Johnny, I don't think it was be crazy – you go to the Ivy League school of Northwest, bro. You know exactly. <laughs> you know exactly who the second best player is. Kevon Looney. Huh?
1: Do you think it's going to be Clay again?
0: Of course. Come on. Who do you think it is?
1: It could be Wiggins. I, th- I think it could be Wiggins. I th- I think Better I than Clay?
0: Watch. Th- Guys, are th- we hearing what we're saying right now? No, i go with Clay <laughs> Andrew
1: Wiggins is gonna be better. I just Clay don't think it's clear cut because I don't think it's gonna be a clear cut thing. I think I think it's gonna be Steph and then Clay and A Wig. Yeah.
0: What about Dre Dre? Day Day. Daddy? What wait, would you rather have Draymond or Andrew Wiggins on your show? Oh Andrew Wiggins. Okay. That was a really quick answer there from Whoa. Well I mean
1: just because Andrew Wiggins can shoot 40% from three and doesn't need to turn the ball over five times a game to like, like
0: <laughs> What was Draymond's three point percentage this year? Was it 20 something?
1: Yeah. It's, it's not 20. that he it's not that the percentage is low, it's just that he never ever shoots it, you know?
0: Where uh, where's the Okay, so besides Clay and Steph and Andrew it just—it has to be Jordan Poole's. Just got to clutch up shooting because I'm not. We don't have our Kent basemore anywhere. We don't get our sporadic forty-point game from Kelly Oubre right now. Like
1: maybe Kaminga. Maybe I think Kaminga could be your new sporadic guy.
0: You think so? Because when you when we drafted, him, you thought he was going to be just a. Uh, you thought he was just going to be the de- 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 developmental guy.
2: I feel like a. 40 point game from Kelly Rubri is more
1: like a lottery jackpot than sporadic. Yeah, that's true.
0: Whatever. Okay. Good job, Jonah. You killed right, it. I'll
1: calculate the standings and then you can make an Instagram post or something. I will. Like that.
0: All, right. All right. Bye, guys. Right.
1: See you guys. Peace out. <laughs>